Here's our question. Is there life after death? For how many years have a succession of chancellors of the exchequer been promising to do something really drastic about the amount of money that the government has to borrow? And still we wait. Uh, You may remember the note that was allegedly left by an outgoing minister some years ago. There's no money left. If you can get your head around figures as big as these, the UK government, not that I want to put the frighteners up you, but the UK government currently is in debt to the tune of about £1,800 billion. Uh, That's enough to fund the entire NHS for the next 14 years. Some of you are thinking, does it cost that much to run the NHS? Yes, it does. Uh, That's not our theme this evening, is it? But everybody knows about borrowing money. Uh, Financially, the majority of people in this room are in debt. Some of you might think, oh, not me. When you get your council tax bill each March or April, how many of you choose to pay it in full in one go, in a nice big lump sum? How many of you take up the very kind offer to be able to pay it over 10 monthly instalments? Amazingly, they make no extra charge for you to be able to do this. Unlike most insurance companies with your insurance premiums, But even though you're not being charged any interest, and even though it's an agreement that they have made with you and that they have offered you, you are, in fact, in debt to them until the final payment is made. If you have a mortgage, you're in a similar position, aren't you? Except, of course, you you do have to pay interest And it takes rather longer to pay it off. Uh, But many go for that option. It's often a lot cheaper than renting, for one thing. And uh, if your plans work out right, you'll have paid it off by the time you retire. And you have a roof over your head for your retirement. Until you have to sell it to pay for your care home, whatever. So debt, when it's agreed... When it's controlled, when it's affordable, when it's for basic things like a house or to pay your council tax, when you know you definitely are going to pay it back, debt of that nature isn't necessarily such a bad thing, is it? A debt that you've agreed to repay, a debt that you can afford to repay, one that you are repaying as you've agreed and that you will one day finish repaying well that's one thing but it's a very different story if you renege on that agreement as long as you're making all your payments on time you'll get letters addressed to you dear valued customer Hugs and kisses from your local customer services manager. Uh, But miss a payment 
and you'll suddenly discover that the tone is very different. Some of you will recall me telling a story, something that happened about 20 years ago uh, when I worked in the bank and sat in front of me across the desk was a woman with a husband. The woman was ashen-faced. The husband had a face like thunder because he'd just discovered that his wife had debts of £26,000 on a fistful of credit cards. Now, that's a lot of money today. It was even more 20 years ago. It was a very uncomfortable interview. It was more like being a peace envoy than a bank manager, I can assure you. If you're in that kind of debt, a debt that you cannot repay, that becomes a very different proposition. You'll start to get things through your door like this one. And they mean business. The tone has changed. And if things don't get resolved to their liking, the next one might be this. Pay up, pal. We read a story before, which was a real event. It involved the Lord Jesus Christ and he was in the home of a Pharisee called Simon. He'd been asked to his home for dinner. He goes there, sits down and as we find out later, Simon had not offered him any of the courtesies that you would normally offer a guest who entered your home to share a meal at your table. And the woman comes in. She seems to have something of a reputation in the town. And she weeps over the feet of Christ. She's wiping his feet with her hair. She opens up a flask of oil, probably quite expensive oil. She breaks that over Christ's feet. She kisses his feet. And the Pharisee starts thinking. Hmm. Some prophet of God this is. If he was who he says he is, if he is the genuine article, he'd know all about this woman. And there's no way any respectable prophet of God would lie there allowing a woman like this to behave like that. She's a sinner. How on earth can Jesus sit there and let her touch him and behave like this? Now Jesus is God and God knows the innermost thoughts and secrets of our hearts and he proves it because he answers the unspoken question and he replies to Simon even though the question had not been put into words And he replies by telling him this little parable. It's two people who owe 
one person some money. One owes a great deal. 500, we'll call them pounds. The other only owes 50. Neither of them have anything to pay back what they owe. Both in the same position. And the person to whom they owe the money releases both of them from their debt. Now, Simon asks Jesus, here's a question. Of these two, the one who owed 500, the one who only owed 50, who is going to be the most grateful, the most thankful, who will love them the more? Reluctantly, Simon has to state what is the obvious answer. Well, of course, it's the one who had the greater debt that will love him more. Yes, of course, says Jesus, you have judged this rightly. Now, Jesus told that parable to explain the actions of this woman and if you have your Bible open at that passage, you'll see as you get down to verses 47 and 48, Jesus says that the actions of this woman demonstrate the great love that she has for Christ because she knows that by this man her many sins which are great have been forgiven. And because she knows that, her heart is overflowing with love for Christ. And that's why she's behaving the way she is. She's worshipping Christ and showing her gratitude to Christ the only way she knows how. As she weeps over his feet and anoints them with this precious oil. And in the telling of that parable, Jesus is very clearly likening our sins to a debt that can never be repaid. Now the Bible very helpfully uses different pictures and different imagery to explain sin, to help us understand this is one of them. It's not the only one by any means. But our sins before God are like a debt that we can never hope to repay. Each of us, each one of us have run up a debt that we owe to God. And you cannot possibly repay it. Now, some might to look at this parable that Jesus told, and they actually find that quite helpful at first, because they like to think that, well, maybe compared to others, my debt is comparatively small. I'm, I'm the one who owed 50 or, or maybe even a little bit less than that. Actually, at the same time, maybe there are others who can actually see and know in their own conscience, and no, no, I, I am the other guy. I'm the other woman. I am the one who owes the bigger amount. But don't allow yourself to miss a very important point in that parable. Neither of these people could repay the debt and it says they had nothing by which they could repay they had nothing and that's you and me as we stand before a righteous and a holy God 
And the reality is, whilst we don't like to admit it or have to confess it, most of us are much closer to the 500 than we are to the 50. That's the truth of it. But we have nothing with which to repay. Nothing. There is a payment due to God. You can't pay it. Neither can I. And the day is coming when Christ will return and he will make the final demand. He'll make it of you. Time to pay. Time to pay up what is due. And everyone will pay. The payment or the wages, the Bible says, of sin is death. What, what is that death? Well, we can consider it in two broad ways. First of all, that death in this life that you're living right now, that I'm living right now, that death is a spiritual deadness. It's a spiritual deadness that separates you from God. It's a deadness which makes you his enemy. And it's a deadness which places his righteous condemnation upon your soul. That's the death, which is the wages of sin. That's the first part of the answer, but there's more you see. This death of which the Bible speaks, which is the wages of sin, will also be an eternal death. Because your debt and mine is owed to an infinite and eternal God. And the payment, the Bible teaches very clearly, the payment will be extracted from sinners for all of eternity. And you will receive from God the punishment and the condemnation that your sins deserve because you're unable to pay. Now, how in this life do you suppose that you're going to repay a debt that will take all eternity to pay? How do you hope to pay that great debt before the Lord Jesus Christ returns and makes the final demand? It simply cannot be done. Can't be done. And you see, when we proclaim the gospel, it's a little bit like the payment due letter that comes through the letterbox. It's a wake-up call to the reality of your situation. And a warning that the final demand letter is on its way one day. The wages of sin is death. The debt that we are in to the eternal God 
his death. That's why we ask this most serious of questions. Is there life after death? Well, if the wages of sin is death, initially the answer seems to be no. But there's good news. There's good news. Let me show you some verses which speak about what God has done about the problem of our debt. And you'll notice in these verses the financial imagery, the financial language that the Bible uses to help us understand your true condition and your true need before God. Well, we have the verse that I've already quoted. It's found in verse 23 of Romans chapter 6, that the wages of sin is death. There is a penalty that comes. There is a great payment that's needed, but you cannot repay. But then we find these other verses And they tell us of the glorious answer that is found to this problem in the Lord Jesus Christ and only in him. So for example, in Matthew chapter 20 and at verse 28, we read these words. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom. A ransom for many. Now you know what a ransom is. Someone is held and a demand for payment is made. And if the payment is made, the person being held can be set free. There's a payment required. It's a payment that you cannot pay, but Christ can. And Christ Jesus has come into the world to pay the price of sin. He's come to pay the price for your sin. He's come to pay the price for mine. That which we cannot do. That which we stand completely impotent to do anything about. Christ has come into the world to do it for you. He's come to pay your debt that you owe to the mighty God. And then what we read from Titus in chapter 2. Speaking of Christ, the one who gave himself for us. Speaking about his death on the cross. Because as the wages of sin is death for us. Christ paid the price by dying himself in our place. He gave himself the exact penalty that God requires of us. Christ himself has paid. The actual payment that God required of us. Christ himself has paid for in full. Why? That he might redeem us that he might buy back again that which has become estranged from him redeem us from every lawless deed when something is redeemed it is returned to its rightful owner and that's what Christ has come to do can there be life after death The glorious answer of the Bible is yes. Yes. And this is the wonderful and glorious good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who's come into this world to pay the price 
of sin. The one who only could unlock the door of heaven and let us in. What a wonderful saviour he is. What a glorious message this is for the world in which we live. Now Jesus said of this woman in our story that she loved him so very much because she knew just how much she'd been forgiven. She knew just how big her debt was. And she knew just how much she had been released from. And when Christ gave her those words of reassurance right at the end of that section, your sins are forgiven you. What a weight was lifted from her shoulders and from her heart and from her soul. The debt is gone because it's paid in full. She knew how hopeless it was that she could never repay. But in Jesus Christ, her debt has been paid for her. She's been released. She's been set free. And even though at this point in Luke's gospel, it's only chapter 7, although at this point, Jesus is yet to die, when he does, it will be for her. When he does, he will hang on Calvary's tree for her. Was she in that vast crowd on that day, observing the events? We don't know. Maybe she was. Pure speculation on my part. Don't read too much into it. But maybe she was. And she watched as Christ paid her debt in full. Securing that forgiveness that he'd already promised and that he'd already pronounced. If she had been there, Surely she would weep once more. Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we weep over the debt that we owe that we could never repay? But which Christ has paid at Calvary. The wages for her sin was death. But Christ has paid it in full. The wages for my sin is death. But Christ has paid it in full. You need to know this evening that the wages of sin is death. But Christ has paid it in full. And how can one man in one act, for Christ died once for the sins of many, how can one man in one act pay off a debt that would take eternity to pay? Impossible. Unless this man is also himself the infinite and eternal God. And that is who he is. And the Bible assures us that the wages of sin is death, but, but the gift of God is eternal life. There is life after death. 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. The debt is paid. Pardon and forgiveness is assured through Christ. Can there be life after debt? There most certainly can. In Christ. But in him alone. The Bible assures us that this is the promise that he's promised us. Eternal life. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So don't go anywhere else for it because it won't be found anywhere else. This life which is available after the debt that you have owed is only found in Christ. He who has the son has life. The wages of death is gone and you now have life in Christ. But he who does not have the Son does not have life. And you still owe that debt to God yourself. And if you remain in your condition, one day Christ will come and the final demand will be issued. And you will pay for yourself for eternity in hell. These things I have written to you, says the Apostle, that you might believe. That you might believe in the name of the Son of God. That you might know that you have eternal life. Does that describe you this evening? Do you know that in Christ the debt is gone and in its place is life eternal and everlasting? We know that the Son of God has come. He's given us understanding, says the scripture, that we may know him who is true. We are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. There is life after debt. And it is found in Christ and only in him. The price is paid. Hallelujah. And that is the theme of our closing hymn. And I trust you'll be able to sing it with rejoicing and thankfulness in your heart. That Christ has set you free because he's paid for you the full penalty for your sins. And if you need any help with these things, if you know you need to sort these things out with your God and Saviour this evening, please speak to someone this evening before you go and be reconciled to God.